Welcome to the Beyond Barriers podcast. When women lead, share performance and profits go up 50%. Results are more powerful when everyone is empowered. This is the insight that brought the four founders of Beyond Barriers together. We came from a diverse set of leadership backgrounds with a common goal to close the gender gap at work and expand economic opportunities for everyone. Tune in each week as one of us interviews inspiring guests who share stories and cutting edge strategies that will help you learn what helped them go further faster. I'm Monica, your host for today's episode. In true Beyond Barriers fashion, we are here to explore the stories and insights of ambitious, successful individuals who have overcome obstacles and achieved success in their careers. In this episode, we are thrilled to have Amanda Herson as our guest. Amanda grew up in a family of entrepreneurs in South Africa and witnessed injustices early in life, which inspired her to make a positive impact in the world. Though she initially wanted to go into politics, she found her calling in the world of venture capital, where she quickly discovered the glass ceiling for women in that industry. But instead of seeing it as a barrier, she has turned it into an opportunity to stand out. Amanda believes that pressure and challenge are privileges that allow her to grow and learn, and she is fascinated how people think and make decisions. She values respecting other people's time and understands the importance of building a strong network of supporters and mentors. In this podcast, Amanda shares her experiences and wisdom, encouraging us all to have an opinion and use our voices. She emphasizes the importance of conviction in one's professional life and explains how using guardrails protects her personal life. Join us as we learn from Amanda's journey and gain valuable insights on how to navigate the challenges of a competitive industry. Visit GoBeyondBarriers.com to find show notes and links to all the resources in this episode, including the best way to get in touch with Amanda. Welcome, Amanda. Thank you so much for joining us on the Beyond Barriers podcast. We are thrilled to have you here. Uh, You and I were chatting a bit before we um, started recording and uh, really loved your energy and you talking about, um, you know, your journey so far and being in an industry that um, very few women um, experience and we want to get more women in there. So let's talk a little bit about your journey and, you know, what, you know, how did you find yourself in this industry? And um, just letting us know, uh, you know, what has it been like so far? Sure. Well, I grew up in Cape Town, South Africa, very much under the veil of apartheid, which I think really shaped my view of the world and helped me think through, you know, what, what I wanted to achieve in the future. And I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs with a strong sense of, of justice, integrity, and and really fairness. Mm-hmm. I initially always thought that I would actually go into politics because I just saw so much injustice around me. I wanted to change things. I wanted to change the status quo. Uh, but I think after you know a small stint as uh, the junior mayor of Cape Town, I realized pretty fast that if I wanted to get things done and change things, <laughs> it wasn't going to happen in politics. And I think that kind of got a fire started in me of, you know, what can I do? Uh, how can I see the big, the wide world? And um, growing up in a family retail business, I was always kind of thinking about like how people think, why they make the decisions mm-hmm. they do. Uh, I was very, very fortunate. It was quite unusual, but I was, uh, I had a bee in my bonnet about seeing what, what else was out there. And at 17, I left home to go study at Wharton uh, at the University of Pennsylvania mm. in Philadelphia. 
uh, arrived there on campus, had definitely never never heard what venture capital was when I arrived there, I will say that, mm-hmm. um, and really just drank from the fire hose and just exposed myself to everything there was to see. I, you know, arrived there, literally knew no one and just found amazing, interesting, smart people. Uh, after college, I landed what I thought then was my absolute dream job at the Boston Consulting Group in New York, where I got uh-huh. to travel the country and work with amazing women and men and amazing brands, uh, you know, across the U.S. Mm-hmm. But I think I realized pretty soon that I wanted to actually do, not just consult, um, mm. and followed actually some incredible people and this is something that maybe we'll talk through later, but followed some incredible people who I admired um, and joined limited brands. So Victoria's mm. Secret, Bath and Body Works, and just had the most amazing time learning about really the average American consumer. We mm-hmm. went into her home. We really thought about her as a person um, and just worked with smart, interesting people. But I think, you know, while I was there, I did start to see a little bit of a glass ceiling as a female um, and knew that I, you know, I wanted to go far. I wanted to do more. I didn't want to stay at the same level. So I um, applied to business school and mm-hmm. during business school, I was very fortunate to meet Tom Stenberg, who was the founder of Staples and he mm-hmm. was investing in retail and consumer companies out of a venture capital fund. And I was like, that sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. I had absolutely no idea what I was doing, but he really took me under his wing. I, you know, <laughs> traveled Mm -hmm. all over with him sometimes you know carrying his bag and jumping into the car and doing whatever Mm -hmm. uh, but really learning from him and ended up joining there full time and really loved that but then you know life circumstances changed Uh, I met a partner he happened Mm -hmm. to be South African and we really had the pool of home so moved back to South Africa Mm -hmm. Spent 10 years building and operating businesses, mm-hmm. uh, really understanding how hard it is to to start new things, build new things. I know you're someone who's built something from scratch. It's, it's not easy to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and and loved doing that, but was starting to get itchy feet. Serendipitously met my now partners, Eric, David, and Micah, uh, mm-hmm. who convinced me to pack up home with three kids in the middle of a pandemic and moved to New York City, which was wild. <laughs> yes. So, so so, right now I am um, very fortunate to be in New York City at an incredible seed stage venture capital fund, mm-hmm. uh, working with fantastic people and spending my day talking to brilliant entrepreneurs who are changing, you know, changing the world and, mm. and, and building incredible companies. So, so I feel very fortunate. So to kind of go back to your original question, no, I never thought that I would be a venture capitalist in New York City. Um, and I had a circuitous journey towards where I am now, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done it any other way. And, and it's been a wild and fun journey. I love that. And, and wow, that's been, that's an amazing journey. And there's so many lanes that you changed in terms of if you even think about it like industry and you know just area of focus and so and with that I'm sure like you said you know you even mentioned sometimes you kind of dove into it you didn't know what you were doing and for some people and a lot of the women that we work with in our program you know those types of 
things, the uncertainty usually stops them, right? And I'm sure there were moments maybe that you may have had, you know, moments of self-doubt or just, you know, pausing for a moment. But what was, you know, what gave you that courage to kind of just move forward despite the uncertainty? Like, do you feel like it's something pre-wired or is it something that you just, you know, said, you know what, I'm just going to choose faith over fear? I love that question. I think one of the, the one of the key things to being able to jump is really seeking out people who believe in you. And I think that mm. has always been said. I've been fortunate to have people who believed in me open the door, even when I didn't believe in myself. And mm. I will say that many times when I would start a new job and be like, and I remember vividly calling my sister, going through the Park Avenue tunnel, leaving the office at like 3 a.m. in the morning and being like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And I said it to myself quite a few times in my career now. Mm-hmm. And I realized that it's okay and that the alternative is being bored and I hate being bored. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think pressure is a privilege. Being challenged is a privilege. Mm-hmm. And if you don't take, you know, I've also believed that, if I'm not growing, I should leave a job. And every mm. time I've left, it's because I've stopped growing. So ah, yes. um, it, it's scary and it's sometimes comfortable to be comfortable. But I feel like if you're not growing, then you need to take a jump. So, mm-hmm. um, and, and I think you also just have to know that most of the time, most people don't know exactly what they're doing and almost everyone is, figuring it out. And I think Mm. that's something that as I've gotten older, I've gotten more comfortable with. In the beginning, I always just thought I was the dumbest person in the room Mm. and would be so fearful. And now I've realized, you know what? We're all figuring it out. We're all learning. We're all growing. We all have weaknesses. We all have strengths. Lean into your strengths, Mm. but also own your weaknesses. When When I start a new job now or when I start doing something new or what, I will very openly say, you know, this isn't my strength. I'm working on it, but really that's not my forte. Whereas, you know, earlier in my career, I'd be scared that someone would figure out that I'm really, really not great at admin or not great at whatever it may be. Um, And I think, you know, as you being aware of your strengths and your weaknesses allows you to take those jumps because Mm -hmm. you actually know what you're going to need to work on and also, you know, where you lean into the areas that you are more comfortable with and, and where you can feel a little bit more confident. So mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's a silver bullet. Um, and, and sometimes I've taken the jump and then been like, what have I done? Mm-hmm. Um, so know that that's okay too. Yes. I love that. And I love what you said about, you know, if you're not growing, um, it's time to jump. I mean, there's the old adage or the saying that if you're not growing, you're dying, right? So, you know, just you've got to keep growing. Can you talk a little bit about... um you know, you talked about seeking out um, individuals who've done it, some people who will support you. Um, and I find that women sometimes don't leverage their community um, as much as they should when it comes to their career or learning, right? Because like you said, for that fear of being found out or being thought to be, you know, not smart enough or you should know this. But in what ways do you 
keep learning? How do you, how do you really like that whole just in time learning? How do you learn? What, what is it that you do? You know, do you bury yourself in books or, you know, um, podcasts or whatever, or do you like, how do, how would you reach out to somebody and how would you identify them? So I will say when I, you know, when I was coming to the U.S. to start, you know, new career, new industry, I, I definitely did listen to a ton of podcasts and that was really helpful to kind of hear other people's perspectives. Mm-hmm. And I think also really having, having a tribe and um, mm-hmm. having those people who you can be vulnerable around, who you can go to, who are really friends for life. So, you know, there's like the friend piece and I think Mm -hmm. really having those people who you can kind of call and ask. Look, then I think there's also the very real kind of network building and, and reaching out to people. And something that I have found coming into the New York venture capital community, the -hmm. women have been beyond lovely and welcoming and inclusive. And I now, you know, I, I do um, office hours at uh, Harvard mm. Business School and like I really try to pay back where I can. I think, you know, it, it's it's also being cognizant of everyone's time staff, everyone's super busy. So if you are asking for help and you need, be quite clear about what you want to get out of it, what you need, how much time you need, make it easy for people to help mm. you. And I think, you know, in the... In the very early days of starting in uh, new roles, new industries, I have been very strategic about my one-on-one catch-ups and my mm-hmm. one-on-one sessions and will always come with a question, something strategic I want to chat about, a thought, because I think then you can make sure that you're getting constant feedback. The other very real tip I'd actually say, it was something a mentor of mine taught me, at the end of any catch-up, I always, always try to throw in, and do you have any feedback for me? Because I think that that then helps you mm. to know where you need to, right. reach, you know, where, where you need to grow, what help you need. Um, and, you know, if someone does put you in touch with someone, follow up, show up, be respectful of their time, say mm. thank you. You know, those things really do matter when you're trying to learn a new, new skill or, or mm-hmm. grow a new network. Um, and keep growing your network. You should always, especially, you know, I, I feel like in New York, I'm very, very lucky. Yeah, there's just always someone mm-hmm. interesting uh, to meet around the corner. That's fantastic. And I'm so glad you said that about constantly cultivating that network. Um, because I think some people... Once they get to a certain point in their career, they become, you know, more senior, more seasoned. They, they kind of, for whatever reason, slow down on the networking piece, um, you know, or they start mentoring certain individuals, but forget to continue getting mentored themselves and learning themselves, which is, which is really important. And so I want to talk a little bit about, and we touched on it because you are in the venture capital space, this world where, um, for some people, it's, it's a bit of, you know, uh, a black <laughs> a black hole kind of like this abyss that they don't know much about um but it's also you know statistically when we look at the statistics we know that there are very few women um in the vc space we know that like you know even if we look at the statistics on various startups getting money very few women get that some of that money women of color it's even even smaller and so there's always this misconception that 
okay, why would I want to go work in an industry where it's male dominated and there aren't a lot of people who look like me or, you know, but in talking to you, I found, you know, very interesting that you were saying it was quite the opposite. Can we talk a little bit about that? Of I loved how you reframed it, that it's it's not a negative, it's actually a positive and it's something that you leverage to um, have impact and influence. Can you talk about that? Absolutely. You know, I feel like it's a real privilege right now to be a female in venture capital. Um, there are incredible organizations supporting and um, and growing and, and really helping to ensure success. And I see it as an advantage because I am often the only female in the room and mm-hmm. I have a different perspective and I have different views and I have the most respectful, incredible, inclusive team uh, who always, you know, are, are welcoming of that. But even, you know, in uh, when I'm with other, I, I think the industry is changing that it wants to be inclusive. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, I was also in venture capital 10 years ago when it was a lot tougher to be a woman, to be a female, mostly because uh, there was no one really to look up to. There were hardly any females mm-hmm. role models. And, you know, I went to Always last year and I chatted to some of the brilliant women there and I, who were standing up on the stage. And I said, you know, it is so refreshing for me to see you there because 10 years ago when I was in VC, there were no females to look up to. There was no one I could model my life on. There was no one who was balancing, you know, being a mother and working in venture capital. There was no path that had been blazed. And I feel like now that the path has been blazed, now that we can see all these incredible women who've been successful in, mm-hmm. in venture, um, it's, it, it's, uh, there's an open door and women should feel comfortable jumping in. And I think the other, you know, there is the other interesting thing with venture capital is there is no specific requirement degree um, mm. part to venture capital. There are really so many ways in. I think it's really around, you know, being curious, constantly mm. learning, building your network, um, and you know, surrounding yourself with incredible people because you can come from being an entrepreneur into venture capital. You can come from finance. You can come from operating. There really are so many paths in. So mm-hmm. I think women shouldn't look there and say, "Oh, well, there's there's so few women, so hard to get in." They should say, "There's so few women," which means there's an opportunity for me to really stand out and. Mm. and and be involved and then pay it forward and fund more women mentor more future venture capitalists mentor future entrepreneurs so Mm -hmm. um i really feel like there's a flywheel building in in venture Mm -hmm. right now for women uh so you know the water's warm come in and there's definitely a lot of opportunity I love that. I love that. And I want to pull on a thread a little bit that you you mentioned of which I think is extremely powerful and it's something that you have done quite a bit in your career of this like you said there is no true like degree or requirements or anything of the sort that you need to get into the VC space. And I'm I'm going, you know, 
if we read the research about women opting out of opportunities because they don't check all the boxes that they think need to be checked um, and tend to kind of just say, oh, I've got to get a little more experience here and check these other two boxes before I throw my name in the hat. Whereas our male peers, you know, they only check 20% of the requirements and they'll still throw their name in the hat. Um, let's talk a little bit more about that because like you said, you know, there aren't any kind of set requirements that you have to have. What if, how have you yourself put yourself, you know, what would you like if you had to rationalize and say, I'm going to put my name in the hat for, you know, jump into the VC world. What has helped you do that when, you know, a lot of the times maybe you didn't check all the boxes. And like you said, I didn't know what I was doing. What would you tell a young woman who's thinking VC space looks really interesting? Um, you know, how does she even get her toe in the water? Oh, I love this question. Um, I think the number one thing is showing a history of conviction mm. in whatever way, whether it has been, you know, building a product at a company where you've taken risks, whether it's, I often say this to women, you know, build your personal brand. That's mm. something I wish I had done yes. earlier. Have a voice, be outspoken, stand for something have a viewpoint. And I think, you know, now with platforms like LinkedIn, Twitter, you know, name 10 others, mm -hmm. it's become a lot easier to do that. Publish, even if there's three people reading it, publish some articles in Medium. What are you thinking about what's going on in the world? What are you interested in? What do you have a viewpoint on that maybe no one else does? So, you know, I think there's um, showing conviction in from, from track record, showing conviction in terms of thought leadership and, the other way to show conviction, which I realize is, you know, incredible. It's not something I was able to do and it's very privileged to be able to do this, but it's write tiny angel checks mm. into, you know, friends you believe in. I think people think, oh, angel investor, I need to be investing, you know, $50,000. That is not the case. You really can write tiny amounts. You know, maybe it's, you know, one vacation that you don't take and you mm -hmm. write a check into someone you really believe in. So I think, you know, if you are fortunate enough to be able to do that, um, mm -hmm. that is another incredible way to show conviction and track record. Uh, and then, you know, it, it's not an easy industry to get into. I may have kind of in my prior uh, preach mm -hmm. made it sound like, oh, we'll just, you know, jump in. I also acknowledge that it's not that easy to get in. It is quite a closed industry. So I would say there again, you know, network, meet people, mm -hmm. reach out, uh, speak to people who are in the industry, speak to entrepreneurs and just really grow your network mm -hmm. in that space. Mm, I love that. And you're, you're right. We, uh, you know, like you said, it's always easier said than done, but I think you gave everybody some really tangible, you know, next steps of like networking, identifying people asking like, you know, how do I break into this? And, and, and perspective is so important. Like you said, of, of having a perspective, everybody has their own kind of area of expertise and how do you, you know, make sure that you're sharing that and letting everyone know your unique value proposition, right? Of, of what you want to be known for. So I think that's so powerful. What if you knew exactly where to focus to go further, faster? Imagine having clarity on your strengths and barriers and the ability to take action and gain unstoppable momentum to deliver results and advance. 
Take the Beyond Barriers Momentum Metric Quiz to get a personalized report on the five C's, core categories used to measure and accelerate success. Visit gobeyondbarriers.com slash quiz to get your report today. I want to switch gears because you've mentioned before, you know, you, you have um, three children, correct? You have children, you have, you know, um, four-legged children, and you packed up your bags, moved from, you know, South Africa back to New York City. Um, and I know that a lot of women, a lot of times, and if we think about the VC culture and the VC world, I mean, it's intense, right? It's intense. It's, you know, more than just a full-time job. How do you integrate work and life? Because we know, like, you know, we here at Beyond Barriers, we love to say, like, you know, we don't even like to say the word work-life balance. There's no such thing as balance. But how do you integrate work and life? And how do you make sure that you're also putting the oxygen mask on yourself. Uh, you find an incredible partner. So let me give a shout out to my amazing husband, Mark, um, mm-hmm. who without him, I think it would be very hard to do the, to do what I do. And really we see ourselves as a partnership. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, having that partnership is the foundation that's all laid on. I think it's also just honestly letting go of perfection. Like, have my kids got left at school? Yes, they have. Have they forgotten to bring something on the day they were meant to bring something? Several times, you know, have mm-hmm. they run out? The do- so, you know, I think just knowing that it's, um, I loved how you said it. Like, it's not that it's consistent. It's, it's not that it's consistent balance. I'm never in consistent balance. I have moments of balance. And there are weeks when I'm a fantastic mom and there are weeks where I'm not the best mom, but I will try and make up for it on the weekend. Mm-hmm. And I have a I have a date with my daughter tonight, which I can't wait for. I managed to squeeze in an hour with my husband last night after a work event. So I think it's really finding these moments of sanity, these moments of balance. And it's also being very open with my kids that, you know, sometimes mom, you know, last night I only got home at 10 p.m. I, you know, but but actually communicating with them and them understanding Mm. and talking to them about what I do um, and why I do it. And then I think the most important thing is really having some guardrails. So, you know, for Mm. me, there are guardrails. I really try to block out from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Can I always do it? No. I try never to commit to more than two work evening events a week. I try to keep it to one. Occasionally there's two, but I will I don't think I've, you know, I happen to have a week of work travel where that goes out the window, but in general, I really, mm-hmm. you know, try to stick to that. Um, uh, we have dinner as a family every single Friday night. At, I joke about it with my team and I'm very open with my team about it. At 5 p.m. on a Friday, I down tools and I close my computer no matter what is going on. And I cook dinner almost every Friday night with my kids. Um, we sit down. So I think, you know, Knowing that you have those guards braille, in terms of my oxygen mask, um, I, I need 20 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes, just either exercise or breathe or just listen to music and dance or do something in the morning to kind of mm-hmm. just check my sanity and feel like a human being. Sometimes it's a quick stroll through Central Park with, with uh, my four-legged child. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> I vary it and I'm not prescriptive. And I think that's actually also something that's really important is really in terms of routine, God, all those things, 
80-20, you know, like I'm never, I'm, I don't do the same thing every day. I try stick to a routine, but I also am kind to myself when the routine sometimes does go out the window. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think have a routine so that you can lean on it, but also don't beat yourself up when mm. it, it doesn't, it doesn't all go according to plan. It doesn't. And know that I have some amazing mom friends, some of you who you might know, who yes. um, are also constantly juggling. And I think also having that tribe who mm-hmm. you can laugh about the balls you did drop. You can laugh about the, you know, things you didn't get to. Um, you can laugh about the chaos that sometimes is your life. I think it's really important to, to have that tribe and try mm-hmm. to squeeze in a girl's dinner every now and then where you can kind of, you know, vent to each other about, Yes. All the things that, that aren't tied up neatly. So, uh, you know, I'm, I hope that was helpful in terms of, there's a lot more I could say there, but. Um, no, I love it's that. Not, it, it, it's messy, I think, is, is the biggest message that, that I, that I want to give. It's messy and it takes a village. So if people offer to help, let them help. As a mom of twins, it was something I had to embrace. Wow. I was like, yeah. you know what? You, you, can't, you can't do it all. You only have two hands. Um, and I think accept help um, and have a few boundaries. I love that. And I love what you said. The, you know, there is no such thing as work-life balance, but there's moments of balance, right? Um, and I think another key learning that you shared that is really important is that transparency and that openness with your children of explaining to them and kind of managing expectations that mom's really busy this week. I'm not going to get home, you know, before 10 o'clock. And, but I'll make it up on the weekend and, you know, here are these things. And so I think it's, you know, the key thing is managing expectations, both with key, you know, the key stakeholders at home and at work, like you do on Fridays with your team and say five o'clock, I'm shutting down. And I think that's brilliant. It's the guardrails. It's the transparency and communication of managing expectations. And it's like you said, finding those few moments of balance or the oxygen mask for yourself. I think that's just brilliant. And that what I also loved is that you said there's no, it's not prescriptive. It's like it gives and takes a little bit. No one day may look the same, but you're always striving for that like 80-20. So I think that's that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I could keep I could keep going, but I know that we're we're coming up on time. So I'm going to jump to our lightning round questions, which I love because I love to ask these of all of our guests. Um, so we ask these of everybody and, you know, we love to then collect those at the end of, you know, every quarter or so to kind of give this best reading list or music list. But let's start with what book has greatly influenced you? I will have to say, um, it sounds cliched, but I am South African, so I can own it. But really, uh, Mandela's Long Walk to Freedom, I remember when that book came out, Mm -hmm. and it just taught me so much about humility, forgiveness, humanity, seeing the best in people. We all, Mm. most people really want to be good humans. And I think it it has always made me try and look for the best in people. So Mm -hmm. it's actually something that I need to reread because it was such an impactful uh, book in my life. Yes, I love that. I'm going to have to definitely uh, dust that one off. It, and I haven't read it in a very long time, but you're right. It's, it's you learn something new every time and it sticks. Uh, I love it. What is your favorite inspiring quote or saying? 
Um, I might have to squeeze in two. I'll give you my, my first one that I've kind of always, I actually think I wrote my college essay on this, but is, um, it's a beautiful Jewish quote which says, if I am not for me, who will be for me? If I am only for myself, what am I? And mm. I think I try to remind myself of that. Like you have to look after yourself. You have to be for yourself. But if it's only for you, then what's it all about? So it's something I think about a lot. Mm. In the, I'll give a workplace one too, if I'm allowed to. Yeah, in the workplace, sure. my in a workplace, my team here will will tease me about it because they say it so often. But uh, I say all the time, what gets measured gets done. Mm, and yes. it was a quote from someone else who was very influential in my career. She always used to say that, and now I've taken it and paid for it and and use it all the time. So I think it's a good one to just remind yourself if you really want to get something done, mm-hmm. you know, put put some put some metrics around it. Love it. Yes. And it is so true. What is one word or moniker that you would use to describe yourself? So you mentioned branding and how important it is. So what is that moniker? What is that word that you would describe yourself? I would have to say connector. I I love, Mm -hmm. I love bringing people together. I love having people in my home. I love hosting women's lunches. I love, um, you know, I've kind of connected across globes, connected different industries um, so I would, I would use that word. Love it. The connector. What is one change, whether it was a habit, a behavior, an action that you implemented that really made your life better? Uh, I experienced something very life-threatening. Um, before I had my kids, I ended up in the ICU. I was working too hard. I was pushing myself too hard. And mm. I think that's health always comes help always has to come first um and sleep and exercise just make you a better person so i i really try to prioritize sleep and help again to my prior point it's not always perfect and there are weeks where it goes out the window mm-hmm. but most of the time i really try um to exercise and sleep and i try not to schedule meetings before 10 a.m whenever mm-hmm. possible so i can kind of plan my day get it ready mm, i love that And finally, last but not least, one of my favorites is that let's imagine, Amanda, that you're walking out onto stage and there's a huge crowd, you know, out there and you need this power song as, you know, to introduce you as you're walking out. What is that power song that would be playing as you walked out on the stage? I'll have to go with my daughter and my, we call it our immigration song because we played it a lot when we were going through some really tough times, but uh-huh. it's um, Rachel Platten fight song. And mm. I just really, if you listen to the words of that song, there's some really beautiful words in that song. So Love sometimes it. when we're having a tough day, we'll just play that loudly and blast it. So I'll, I'll have to go with that one. I love it. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for uh, gifting us your time on this podcast and all of your insightful pearls of wisdom. Um, Now, I know, you know, usually we get, you know, individuals, if we don't ask this and don't put it on our our website is, um, how can someone get in contact with you, especially maybe someone interested in the VC space and wanting to learn uh, what they need to do and and whatnot? Um, How can somebody best reach you or follow you or, or hear your more of your perspectives best way to reach me is on twitter or linkedin um okay. my profile's updated there it's amanda underscore herson and i generally try my best to respond as soon as possible sometimes it takes me to the weekend to actually get back but i, I will always respond 
fantastic. Well, we'll be sure to share all of that information on uh, the webpage. And um, I look forward to staying, staying in touch with you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Beyond Barriers podcast. There are thousands of podcasts out there, and we are so grateful that you've chosen to listen to ours. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and tell a friend or share what you've learned on LinkedIn and tag us. We love hearing from our audience. Visit us at gobeyondbarriers.com where you can subscribe and find show notes, links, and the best way to connect with our guests.